Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you guys are listening to us from, whatever time it is. It doesn't matter because it's all about thanking you. Thank you for joining J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. We appreciate you guys giving us a little bit of your time. This is your host, this and every episode, Jamie Rodriguez. Hope you guys are doing wonderful. Really, really stoked as the holidays are approaching to really have the gift of some of the guests that we've been having on lately. And today's is no exception. From Cleveland, Ohio, indie rock band The Lighthouse and The Whaler. They are one of the most um, critically acclaimed bands, really. They've formed in 2008. Uh, they've already got accolades from Rolling Stone, from NPR, uh, you know, from everybody. And it's Spin Magazine has put them as the video of the day. Everyone loves them, and it's for a reason. They're wonderful people, and their music is just mature. It is all of up determination, perseverance, grounded. It is wonderful. You guys are going to love it if you guys have not heard them yet. We welcome uh, Michael Lopresti, who's the uh, vocalist. And uh, yeah, the band has just released a new album. Really, really great album, Talk. They released it in late October. So check that one out, guys. And uh, the band has been described as a little bit of folk, a little bit of alternative, a little bit of rock band. Uh, and they've created something all their own. To give you an idea of how big these guys are, they have um, over 281,000 Spotify streams. They're, they've had songs in all sorts of TVs and movies, including the trailer, for example, for the Christopher Robin movie, which we talk about in the interview today. Um, you know, they've been they've charted in, in all sorts of states, in all sorts of places, from L.A. to Oregon to Columbus, Ohio, Bloomington, Indiana, and everywhere in between. And, uh, yeah, they've been on Fox, ABC, CVS, so just... A really, really great band, really down to earth from Ohio. We talk about the, that, the Ohio rock and roll scene. We talk about their music. So we hope you guys enjoy it. Um, by the way, if you guys are new to the show, we always have a little favor to ask you that helps us a lot. If you don't mind, click subscribe wherever you're listening to right now, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That helps us a lot. And if you want to give us a review, bonus points that always is awesome helps with all sorts of stuff algorithm and so forth but without further ado guys lighthouse and the whaler on j-rock concerts the podcast great yeah it's going good you? are you coming to us from ohio yeah, yeah. wow yes just snowing here actually <laughs> So it's, it's already cold in Ohio, huh? It is, yeah. It's no big time. Yesterday, um, it's supposed to be 60. Cleveland gets weird weather. Like in November, this is like the time where weird stuff happens. It'll be 60 on Wednesday. So it's just and like it's crazy. Knowing it's I was, right <laughs> yeah, I was just there like a few weeks ago for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. And, oh, and yeah, cool. like you could tell that the weather was like really changing. And it's like, well, if Cleveland's changing, we're all changing. So yeah. <laughs> exactly, man. So, of course, Michael Lopresti of Lighthouse and the Whaler, you know, fantastic band, fantastic vocalist. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, first of all, a truly wonderful band that you that, that you front there, Michael. And the new album Talk, which was released just last month, already getting some rave reviews. Uh, love the album. So congratulations. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Out there in the world. Yeah. So, you know, love the message of the album, Michael, because uh, I mean, we read a quote from you once that, you know, that where you said that this album was in a way like a return to making music in pure form, basically like not making it for any other purpose other than the joy of making art. Makes yeah. total sense, man. Makes total sense. And with that, sometimes it got us thinking like you guys have been critically acclaimed, but with that, sometimes the process and purity, the pure, the pureness gets a little muddled, right, Michael? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, early on we did receive like some pretty good um, <clears throat> critical review, which was awesome, but it gets in your head a little bit. I think um, you start thinking, oh, well, I need to be like this or sound like this or do these things because I want people to continue to like what I'm doing. Um, and I think after Montreal, when we were working on this record, that all just kind of left, um, mainly because as I've talked about in other interviews and things, um, you know, we kind of shifted our team around and I don't know, it, we really were like on a precipice where it was like, I don't know if we're going to keep, you know, making songs as the lighthouse and the whaler or not, you know, it just didn't, we weren't sure where it was going to go. Um, and I think that was really freeing. It allowed us to just kind of be like, we're going to make the songs we want to make and not really care about what anyone thinks about them in the sense of how we created them. I mean, we hope people obviously like them, uh, find, you know, themselves in the songs, find something for themselves in the songs. But when we were making them, we just wanted to do what we felt like um, was in us and uh, the three of us, as well as like uh, how our collaboration together between yeah. the three of us kind of made something unique. So that that's kind of like really where it all came from. And where yeah, it all yeah. And, you know, it, it sounds like you guys had a great time making the record. The record is phenomenal, but it sounds like you guys were free and like just like had a good time. But but yeah, you're talking about the chemistry with with your with your fellow mates there. And it got us thinking, Michael, you know, that about that documentary behind the music that BH1 used to have. Yeah. It's like the greatest thing. They should yeah. force every band in America to watch behind the music and use it as an educational tool because yeah. you guys are a shining example of staying together. I think I mean, you joined in 2008. That was already kind of a minute ago, you know? What's the secret, Michael? How how you guys like kept like that brotherhood going? Honesty, I think. Um, and learning how to how to work with each other and talk with each other because each guy in the band has a way that is best to kind of communicate with them. And um, we all kind of get that for one another. And that is the thing. And and that's the thing that's kind of kept us together. And just being honest, just being like, here's what I feel right now. And it, sometimes it's like a fight and sometimes it's like, oh man, like you're right. Like I, I didn't realize I was, you know, being this way or doing this thing that was bothering you. Um, and so in doing that, I think we really learned like what our roles are in the band and we were able to kind of just like really fit into um, <clears throat> those roles really well because we were just open about it. So, yeah. And I imagine at this point, all of you have been through something like personally hard and oh, the yeah. others, the other have like carried you through all for all three of you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have children. Mark just got married like a year or a year and a half ago. And <clears throat> I mean, Ryan's switched jobs a few times. We, we've all gone through something that we've had to um, work with the other ones on to just be there for them in whatever way we can. And in the process of being in a band, like it's your life. It's like, you're doing all of that stuff not just like, it's not like here's your band and then here's your life. And like, there are these different things. Like 
when you're creating art, like that's all one thing. It just, it, it all exists yeah. together as one thing. And so um, you can't really separate it. And we, you know, we were driving back and forth in Nashville a couple of times the last few months and you're in a car for eight hours together. You know, we haven't been touring as much because of the COVID stuff, but um, <clears throat> you know, you're in a car together for eight hours and it's like, it's really, I mean, I don't spend that kind of time with anybody else that I know right. that I'm friends with, you know, it's like, so we really get to share a lot about who we are and what we're going through, what we're doing, what we're feeling with, with each other. And so, yeah, yeah. it's a really unique and special relationship, you know, being in a band with yeah, somebody it's like Some brotherhood, the, the one that you guys have at Lighthouse Underwiller, it's great. It's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, how's parenthood treating you? It's good. Um, I love it. It's, it can be challenging at times, but my kids are um, just kind of, I don't know. I think maybe early on, it just like, they settled me down. They kind of brought, they centered me, I should say, mm. um, would be the way that I'd put it. Like they showed me what's important. And I think that that really helped with creating music too, because it truly really focused me, um, on really wanting to do and be the best I can at this, not only for, for myself, but for them and to be able to show them that if you are focused and working hard that you can do anything because music's not an easy business to be in um but yeah so it's definitely been an awesome thing and they're also super cool so i get to hang awesome. out awesome yeah man absolutely but well, look great. at you you're like you're like an inspirational man as well i love it i love it michael <laughs> yeah man so you know i mean dude you guys are so great live just on research and all that stuff and you mentioned that you've been to nashville a few times got us thinking you've played the basement you've played mercury lounge in new york you've played like iconic venues side to side in the country does the venue matter michael because you guys are you always deliver live every time we've seen you perform you always deliver does the theater actually matter as much as people say or or is it like really not that important so i think it does i mean I think a good band can put on a good show in any setting. You know, I think even if they were like stripped down to being acoustic, like a good band will figure a way to make the show awesome. But I do think there are some venues like Shuba's in Chicago for me um, is one <clears throat> where it's just like this big wooded wood floors, like a, a hall kind of like a music hall. And it's just, the stage is, is a little higher than, um, it's like at like neck height for a lot of people, I would say it's just right. a great room. And I think that it, it does carry something, especially if it's an iconic room, there's like this mystique. And maybe that's just for me as like being able to play in those places more than it is anything else. But I do think there's something about saying, I saw this band in this place at this time that mm. matters to people still. And so I do think that the venue the venue does matter. And I, it always mattered to me. I always like seeing our little tour list with like the places we were playing and being able to right. say, Oh, cool. We're going to be here and here. And once I played those places a few times, kind of knowing, you know, how they were and the way they sounded and load in, load out all that stuff. Um, you just learn to love some of them. You know, you learn to like really think that they're amazing and, and really look forward to being in those places again. Right on, right on, you know, and like, you know, one of them is in Cleveland. What's the name of the, the Agoda, the, the Agora? Yeah, the Agora. That one's that one's like still around, right? It is. Yeah, it actually closed for a little while, but then they reopened it. And now they're doing some killer shows there. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. kind of preserve the Agora. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, speaking of Cleveland, speaking of the Agora, Michael, what is it about Cleveland, right? Because, I mean, I love Ohio, dude. I love Giant Eagle, Bob Evans, the whole thing. <laughs> I love the whole thing, man. Eagle, but, but musically speaking, yeah, Giant Eagle, shout out, super underrated grocery store. But anyway, uh, musically speaking, the band's, 
Um, man, I mean, talk about the pretenders. Talk about the Black Keys. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nine Inch Nails. You guys coming from Ohio? What is it, Michael, about the Buckeye State that really, like, what what's in the water there, the uh, the river, like that is creating this amazing music? I don't know. I mean, I guess I always think of it as like, it's just the Midwest. I mean, we're unassuming. I'd like to think anyways, that we're unassuming, hardworking people that uh, we're not on either of the coasts. We don't have anything like Uber, like crazy special. And because of that, there's just no pretentiousness to us. Not that other people are, but we don't have anything that we're like trying to prove. Um, when we started early on, I remember there was a lot of bands, all these local bands that, um, that were all together. And we had this like saying, it was like, if one of us wins, then we all win. Like if one of us does well, then it's going to bring like the spotlight kind of onto Cleveland and what's going on here and everything that we were doing. And because of that, like mentality, there wasn't really this like competition. There was just sort of like, we're all in this together. Nice. Um, and so that was like a really cool experience. That was like years ago um, when we were first starting out. And it was a really cool time for us because of that, like we didn't feel pressure to be or do anything it wasn't until later when things started happening that you started to feel pressure to like be something like that's when the pressure starts but when we first started out it was just kind of like here in cleveland that was the mentality that everybody had and we were all in it together and we were one degree separation from a ton of other um groups in the area um some who have gone on to do great things um like Walshley Arms, Cloud Nothing. So there are people that we know or are connected to in some way who have gone on to have really successful musical careers. Um, but I think that in Ohio, that's kind of like the vibe. And so because of that, and because we don't have um, this overarching, I don't know what it is, and thing in the ether that like makes us feel like we have to be something, we could just do what it is that we feel like we need to do. And there's not right. really, you know, um, there's yeah. not really anything. And I think know. that helps the art, Michael, you know, because you're more yeah. in tune with like the real shit of life. Sure. Because you know, you, you're not busy pretending or doing something that actually like distracts you from like, yeah. you know, from, from art, from artistic pursuits. I absolutely. Right yeah. On, and there's no, like, you know, there's like a smaller songwriting community here. Like we're not Nashville. We're not LA. We don't have all that stuff going on. There's fewer studios. And so it's like, it's a tight knit community. It, it is what it is. We all, we all know each other pretty well, or at least know of each other. And, and because of that, yeah, it just opens up a lot more. Like I'm just a dude in an attic most of the time making music. Like this is my studio that I'm sitting in now. Nice. And it's like, you know, that's what it is. It's like, it's pretty humble, but it, it works for us. So it's, well, you're making great stuff out of that attic. Let me put it that way. It's, it's a lab. Yeah. And, and thank you. You're being so good with your time, Michael. So thank you so much. But, you know, you mentioned um, starting out, like, you know, you mentioned like when the band started out and, you know, you guys started in 2008. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I think, you know, digitally iTunes was around and people were still buying like albums on iTunes, but the streaming thing was not obviously what it is today. And people still bought CDs actually. Like, I feel like, yeah, do you think, how do you think you guys would, would, would have done, like, you know, how do you think you guys would have started if you guys were, were to start today in 2021? I ask myself this question all the time. Yeah. I've had other bands that we're friends with who would be like, you know, oh, I'm starting a new project. Well, what should I do? And I'm like, man, I honestly don't <laughs> even know, like, compared to 
when we started, like we would fill out the forms at the venues, like that they have to sign, say how many CDs you sold and stuff that you turn into like the, you know, sound, whoever collects like all of the data on that stuff. It was great. It was like a way, way different experience. Yeah. Um, but I would say just put out good music and be active on social media, which we try to be, we're not the best at it. I'm not, I'm not a social media guy. I mean, I grew up obviously pre all that stuff. So maybe uh, MySpace, maybe you had a little bit of MySpace. I, I did. I had MySpace. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was like my first social media thing, you know, well, instant messenger, I guess really technically was the first one, but um, yeah, just put out good content, like good music and let that speak for itself. Like don't try I think a lot of artists are like, well, if I build like a social media following and I have like some really specific brand, then that's what matters. And I personally think that all that matters is that you make good music. Like if you make a good song and you continuously make good songs and you put them out there over and over, even if, you know, at first no one's paying attention, that's how it was with us. I mean, we first started, no one was paying attention, but you just keep chugging away at it. And if it's quality, it will find a way, you know, find a way out there. Um, so that would be, yeah, that'd be my amen. Favorite. Amen. Amen to that, Michael. And let me leave you with this, you know, your, your songs that you've created in your attic with your bandmates have <laughs> traveled the world. You know, you've been on many TV shows, commercials, you've been on Grace Anatomy, you've been on all kinds of stuff. When you yeah. see like a trailer for like, you know, the Christopher Robin movie, which is like a big deal. And like your song is like the centerpiece of the trailer. And you know, that people are watching this around the world, man. Like what's, What's the feeling, right? Something that you created in your attic, out of your head, and now it's like going around. Yeah, that's, it's wild. I can't really describe it. Um, It's probably like one of the best feelings because you feel like um, vindication for like all the work that you put in and all the time that you spent. The Christopher Robin one's cool specifically because I actually was in the movie theater seeing another movie with my kids and that trailer played at the time. And it was really cool. Like I was just like, this is, I'm sitting in this movie theater. Nobody knows this, but that's my song right there. Like it was, that was really, really cool. And did you almost want to like stand up and be like, excuse me, that's my song, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just such a surreal feeling. It feels it's hard to explain. It's basically like everything that you've worked for coming to fruition in a way that is you're touching something that very few people yeah. get to touch. And it's, it's really, yeah, it's a cool experience. It's like the something you manifested into the physical realm. Yeah. You know? yeah. Really powerful stuff. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, Michael Lopresti, you've said it all. Lighthouse <laughs> Under Whaler. What a band. What an album that you guys just released, guys. Congratulations, man. It's talk. It's out now. Thank you so much for your time, Michael. Yeah, of course. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Stay stay warm out there. I will. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Talk to you. Bye. This has been J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.